AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the car doctor here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. And it is a, uh, it's a rainy, miserable Saturday morning out there. But hopefully you've found something to do that you're inside where it's uh, nice and dry and you can enjoy the day at least anyway. And, you know, for some of you, maybe it's a long weekend. Maybe you have Columbus Day off, uh, and you can enjoy you can enjoy some time with uh, your family and friends all at the same time. Well, if all things go correctly, we will be talking with uh, Dr. Joel Cooper. He is the owner of the Precision Driving Research Center and a research professor at the University of Utah about uh, a new study that was just uh, released by AAA, and we'll be talking about that later. We'll also be talking about the... Um, all-new 2015 Mustang, about some of the technology involved in that. And we'll be doing a review of the all-new Chrysler 200. So we have a lot of different things to talk about. And, of course, your questions and comments. We'll be doing a little automotive trivia, something that harkens back to the 70s. So we'll be doing that a little bit as well. So we have a lot of things going on. But right now with us on the phone is uh, Joel Cooper. Joel Cooper is the owner of Precision Driving Research and a research assistant professor at the University of Utah. And recently, uh, the University of Utah, in conjunction with uh, Dr. David Strayer and AAA, just came out with a study that shows that a lot of technology in cars today that sounds like it was put in there to help eliminate distractions is actually making things worse. Now, way back in the 1940s here in Massachusetts, there was a uh, bill that was filed with the state that said radios in cars would cause distractions and cause people to sing while they were driving and not pay attention to their driving. We seem to be able to take care of ourselves with that, but now we have cars that we can check social media, it can read our email, we can recite our email. But studies have shown it doesn't always work. And I want to welcome uh, Joel Cooper to the show this morning. Good morning, Joel, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, all this technology and whether it's uh, the studies that were shown, uh, things were kind of categorized almost like uh, hurricanes, category one, two, three, four, five. And some of these studies and some of the things that were shown it's not like you're picking on the car companies. You're just trying to demonstrate to them that some of what they're putting in their cars just isn't working the way it should, right? Right. We certainly don't want to be picking on anybody. Um, <laughs> you can pick on me. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes it does look like we're trying to pick on somebody. Um, no, the purpose really was to, to, to put everybody on, an, on, an, on a level playing field, um, use the same sort of uh, measurement approach for each of the systems, and just see how they all shake out. And uh, all systems are not created equal, are they? Uh, no. Um, we thought maybe they might have been going into this, um, but coming out the other end, we found that that was not the case. I remember back, it was probably three or four years ago, I mentioned in a column that I write for the Boston Globe that uh, also, I think probably the same column ended up at AAA where, I, where my full-time job is. And I said something about, I thought back three or four years ago that some of this voice command type technology systems was only about 50% there. And I got a phone call from uh, the uh, good people at Nuance and to do Dragon Naturally Speaking and, and some other products and said, we disagree with you. 
And they they asked me to come up to their uh, world headquarters, which is right here in Massachusetts. And still, at the end of the day, when I was done, I still wasn't convinced it worked that well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not convinced it works that well either. Um, you know, some of the time with some of these systems after evaluation, you kind of get the feeling uh, that they were rushed into market. Um, you know, people talk to the systems and the systems just don't always seem to understand or get what they're trying to put across. Yeah, I know that with uh, with me, I was I was in a car uh, just this past week or so and it had a complete voice command system and I tried to get it to uh, put in an address in the navigation system and it kept changing the radio to AM. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good example. We were uh, in early uh, stages of development for this project that was just released. We were trying to decide what technologies we were going to evaluate across all these systems. And we looked at, um, you know, we looked at navigation. We looked at voice commands. And I had a similar experience where, we, where I was trying to <laughs> navigate somewhere. And I ended up calling uh, one of my old bosses. Um, and those are panic moments. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the whole point. When you start to... The theory is that these systems are going to work great. You're going to be able to talk to the system. It's going to talk back to you. It's going to fully understand everything you do. But when all of a sudden you call your old boss or, heaven forbid, an old girlfriend, and, and then you go into that panic mode, then, what, then, then you, start to, you start to compromise your driving. Absolutely. You know, we didn't have anybody's old boss loaded up on the phone for this study, um, but although that could have been quite interesting. Um, but, you know, we saw over and over again people trying to change the radio to one station and it would go to another or trying to dial a phone and it would change the radio. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of problems with these systems. And we were able to observe those and, and really document how people's heart rate changes, how their brain waves change, how their driving performance is com- excuse me, compromised. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and really, at the end of the day, when it comes to your primary job behind the wheel, it's just to drive. It's to, uh, a, f- a friend of mine from MIT, she used to tell me driving was simply speeding up, slowing down, and pointing the car. That's really, when you think about it, it in the most basic sense, that's what driving is. And it isn't trying to manipulate all these controls in your car, and including things like social media and all those other things. So, so really, and, and you know, what percentage of the population can truly multitask? I guess they all can, but who can really truly multitask and do both jobs 100% of the time? Probably not a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah, well, we've actually got a little bit of research out on that, and from, from what we can see, there seems to be maybe 1%, 2% of the population that can really nail it. The rest of us, you know, we're just uh, sacrificing one or both tasks. Yeah, and the people that can really nail it, those, those people end up being like helicopter pilots and F-16 fighter that's pilots right. and stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, and I'm none of those, so certainly that's, <laughs> certainly that's the case. Now... In the study, it showed that the Toyota Lexus products tended to be some of the better ones, and the and the one of the GM ones tended to be one of the ones that was the most challenging. Now, I was recently in a General Motors car that had OnStar in it, and what I found, as crazy as it sounds, the best interfaces where you hit the OnStar button, tell the actual physical operator what you're looking for, and then they download it into the car so it actually works. So, so I guess what we really need is a human involved. <laughs> well, that's that's a great observation. <laughs> you know, we put some humans in the loop um, as well uh, in some of our research because that actually allows us to then 
tease apart the problem a little bit and try to say, you know, is it the errors that the system makes or is it um, just, you know, me sitting there trying to come up with something to say? Um, but, yeah, obviously, if you could put a human involved, that, that definitely helps to reduce things. Um, but still, you know, sitting there behind the wheel and, and holding a conversation is even in itself a little distracting. It's not as bad as some of these systems that we observe, but it's not, you know, not without a cost. Yeah, I, I got to drive with a, a German engineer once, and I noticed that uh, he didn't turn on the radio and we didn't talk to each other. You sure that wasn't because he was German? I, well, I think that was the sole purpose. I, I, I okay. think, you know, because he said to me, I said, well, you know, I noticed that you didn't. And I said to him, I noticed that we didn't really have much of a conversation. And, um, and you know, we don't have the radio on. And he said, he said, you don't understand. In Germany, we don't, we don't add these extra levels of distraction while we're driving. We just drive. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's the philosophy behind BMW, I guess, right? Yeah. Although... Uh, BMW with their uh, with their iDrive system tended to be at least in its early stages was probably one of the more distracting systems that I found at least not even voice controls it was just being able to Absolutely. use the product. Absolutely, yeah, you'll have to talk to AAA and see if you can get us an iDrive for the next round. I I will I will I will <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do that exactly for you. So so what you know at the at the end of the day once we've once we've kind of taken all this information we've looked at all the various vehicles we've tried to categorize things what's the what's the safety message we can try to tell people well you know i think right now the cars just aren't ready i mean <laughs> you know i mean they are they are ready for these voice the voice systems in cars they're getting better though i mean like you as you mentioned the the toyota system that we evaluated those functions really led to a level of mental workload that wasn't much greater than, you know, talking to a passenger or listening to a book on tape. But with some of these other systems, you know, it's really just best to focus on the driving and, you know, avoid doing some of these other tasks. You think they have no consequence, but, you know, ultimately they might. Yeah, they, they really do. And sometimes, and I guess I get, you know, I get sometimes distracted by, you know, shiny objects or whatever. And I was in an Audi that had, um, that had a great navigation system that overlaid uh, Google Earth on top of it. Well, oh, wow. it was really nice. The problem was it was so nice you tended to focus, you tended to keep losing your focus and going, you know, you drive down the road and because it was Google Earth, you'd go, oh, I didn't know that house had a swimming pool or I didn't know that business <laughs> was over there because it was things that you wouldn't see from the highway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a problem. Yeah, so, well, and it could just be a problem with me. You know, it's, uh, I don't think so. But when you when you look at this, and somebody, a reporter asked me about this the other day and said, you know, what are you doing? I said, you know, think of this as a little like IIHS, the the uh, the company does uh, looks at crash reports and all that type of thing. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to identify weaknesses to try to get car companies to build better, safer cars. And isn't that ultimately the idea behind this study is if you're going to put this technology in there, and obviously everybody is, and it's going in there not, I don't think, solely because it can. It's because people like it. Um, yeah. Why not try to build the best technology you can that's the safest to operate, right? That's right. That's right. So part of this, so with this recent study, one of the things we did was we tried to, to, to you know, identify what is driving the workload so that we could provide some guidance to, to engineers. Um, and when we were able to do that fairly successfully. And then also another kind of uh, result of this work is immediately we started getting phone calls from a lot of these uh, manufacturers whose cars we tested. Um, and people are very interested. People pay attention. And I think as a result of this research, we will see that 
the uh, system start to improve. You know, this is really just the first step, but there needs to be kind of checks. There needs to be somebody sort of looking over the shoulder of the OEMs and, and testing and following up and, and helping to enforce or, or look at some of gov- government standards. There's lots of standards out there for this kind of thing, but there's at this point nobody really going out there and, you know, evaluating the systems and generating a report card. Yeah, and and this really is, it's sort of that report card. It's sort of like, you know, is it a good rating, is it an average rating, a poor rating, like IIHS does. So it's, I think, similar in that vein where you issue the report card and they go, hmm, we don't want to be a, we don't want to be a C minus. We want to be at least a B plus, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be on the bottom. Um, but the fact that Toyota did score well, you know, kind of, and, and you, people see their relative positioning within that lineup, you know, I think it, I think it's motivating. I'm sure it generated probably quite a few discussions internally. Well, well, as it should. And one thing, the uh, the um, test subjects you used uh, were, you know, from the video that I saw, certainly were at an age group that you think would be the most technologically savvy. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, we did use, uh, I think the maximum age was maybe up to 40 or something in this first cohort of, of, of participants. And we're looking at older adults uh, right now, um, and we have every reason to believe that that could um, also be a, a compounding issue. Um, so we're really just trying to kind of round out the research and get a better handle on this. But it's kind of one step at a time. But it, it was, I think it was pretty... Uh you know, pretty interesting when you started to watch it and people said, oh, yeah, I, you know, I think I can do this and I think I can do that. And at the at the end of one of the video loops, it really showed people uh, and, and again, generally younger people are going, wow, I didn't realize yeah. it was as bad as it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I was talking to my brother. He's a he's a young guy, 30, 32 year old guy, and he's got a, a new nice BMW. And he was telling me about his voice system, you know, and he was really excited when he first got it. Little button on the steering wheel. Most cars have them. Most people don't know that their car has it, but usually people either try it once um, and then give up, call the system worthless, um, or they don't even realize it's there. So it's interesting, you know, people's perceptions about how these systems are supposed to work or, or what these systems do. There's just not a lot of really good awareness. Do you think some of the technology that gets put into cars today, especially when it comes to the uh, electronics technology, whether it's, you know, putting, you know, the latest thing now is, you know, putting 4G hotspots in your car and that sort of thing. Do you think some of it is just because it it can be done and, you know, let's put it in and see if we can sell it? Or do you think it's, it, it is at some point because of consumer demand? <laughs> it's probably a bit of both, though. I, I think there's going to be, um, I mean, my feeling right now, though, is that automakers are putting all kinds of things in but that people are starting to pay attention to research like this, you know, research that uh, the federal government is putting out, new guidelines and things. So my feeling is that um, while everything seems to kind of be allowed right now, people are going to be really more careful in the future. So I'm, I'm hoping that even if consumer demand is there, that these interfaces really are super optimized for the driving environment to make them as safe as possible. Yeah, it really it really makes sense. I, I did a talk with a group of older drivers this week and kind of it you know, the intermission of my talk, I actually showed one of the uh, the clips that we, we've been sending around. And at the end, when we were kind of summarizing it a little bit after the eight-minute video clip, uh, a woman came over to me and, I, and she said to me, I think you helped me make my decision on, on my next car. She said, I think it's, if I want this technology, I, she said, I think it's going to be sort of the Toyota technology versus one that's a bit more complicated, a bit more uh, cumbersome and clumsy to use. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. 
So, Very interesting. so you know, it, it to some extent, I think the research, if people value the technology, it's going to actually, I think, to some extent, is is actually going to shape some sales. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I've heard a lot of people tell me that they're looking for systems that are less complicated, that they've purposefully avoided the upper end system, though they wanted some of the features that came with, just because it had all the bells and whistles that they didn't want distracted them from the road. Right. And it it really and I've been I've been kind of harping on this for a couple of years when I get into a new car and it has a touch screen uh, system and it takes me three steps to change the radio from one band to another. (laughs) And I have to take my eyes off the road to do it. I find it really distracting. And then when you say, well, you can do it with your voice and that doesn't work either. It says to me, put some knobs back in the vehicle. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Ford actually got that message here recently. I mean, they, they drew back from some of their touchscreen uh, interfaces to, to more knobs and dials because they're just so much more efficient. They, I, you know, like, like I said to somebody once, you can, you can almost use the Braille method to be able yep. to change a radio station or adjust your heating controls by just reaching over, feeling the button, and going up or down or whatever you want to do with it. And you just can't do that with a touchscreen, and you just get aggravated when it doesn't work when you ask it to do it. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You know, it, it, the same goes true for the old flip phones. When we first started doing research on texting and driving, we found that some of our participants could actually put their old nine-key flip phone in their pocket and text without even looking at the phone because of this Braille mess that you talked about. You know, with these new touch screens, though, you have to visually verify that every finger press is in the exact location, and it's just it's a completely different interaction. You mean autocorrect is the bane yeah. of some people's existence? Yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't mean, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a horror story there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, before before we let you go, um, uh, in this in this room right now, there's three people, and two people have iPhones. Uh, Siri is a love it or hate it device, uh, it seems like. Uh, Siri didn't do that well, did she? Siri didn't do that well. You know, I mean, in some respects, Siri is absolutely amazing, just like the Google the Google right. now or whatever it's called. But, um, you know, in other respects, you get Siri behind the phone and she has, you just like these other systems, the capability to do some some pretty wild features and functions using just your voice. You know, send off text messages, update Facebook. But, of course, the problem is you got to get it just right. you got just one chance. And, and so you're sitting there and you're thinking about it and you're concentrating. Um, you know, we saw <laughs> Siri interactions were fascinating. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, what it led to was a, a workload rating that was that was uh, above anything else that we'd looked at. And and some of that's, I mean, that, that's just amazing in itself. And I guess part of it is what what there's some there's some uh, uh, research now that shows when you when you acknowledge your smartphone, there's it it releases some endorphins in your brain that makes you happy. <laughs> That's for me, too. Yeah. Doesn't it do it for you? Um, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a problem. Um, you know, we're addicted to technology, and you pull up to any stoplight and look around, and, you know, m- the majority of people are going to be on their phone. Yeah, that, that is that is true. And, uh, and I, at least Siri versus some of the in-car technology, at least Siri has a sense of humor. Yeah, that's right. When she messes up, she cracks a joke about it, right? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I kind of, so I kind of like that. But, but yeah. where, where can besides coming to AAA's website, where we also have information, where can people find out more information about this study and uh, some of the videos and that type of thing? Do you have a, do you have a spot for them as well? 
Yeah, so, um, you know, AAA's website, of course, is a good spot. But then if you go to uh, general information on distraction, can be found at distraction.gov. There's a lot of really good information there. Um, the the uh, uh, University of Utah webpage at uh, psych.utah.edu has a link to Dr. Strayer's um, research where he puts all of his publications online. Um, and we've got some past publications with AAA there if they're not... Um, easily accessible on the AAA site, as well as a bunch of our other research looking at, you know, conversation with passengers, conversation over the cell phone, et cetera. So some good yeah. resources. It really, it really is. It's amazing stuff, and, it is, and it's, great, it's great information to watch. Even if you have all the technology in your car and you enjoy it, use it responsibly and use it when it makes the most sense. Don't, you know, don't use it when you're driving at 70 miles an hour, you know, out, on a busy highway and that isn't that's the time when you want to focus the most and that's when you you know back to uh uh my mit friend that's when you just want to drive that's right good summary yeah joel thank you for taking some time out of your saturday morning i know you got up early to join us up here in boston i appreciate it thanks for having me okay take care bye-bye that was uh dr joel cooper he is the owner of precision driving research a research assistant professor at the university of utah an associate research scientist at the university of iowa he holds a Ph.D. in cognitive psychology from the University of Utah, where he spent nearly a decade investigating issues relating to driver attention, allocation, skill acquisition, and nonlinear dynamical systems. Not even sure what the last one is. But uh, then he also went to the Texas Transportation Institute in Human Factors Group. Dr. Cooper is an expert in driving performance metrics, and he sounds like he's got a pretty good sense of humor, too. So, how can you not like that? If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. When we come back, we're going to talk about the all-new Chrysler 200. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service is proud to present our October Tire Spectacular. Now's the time to buy new road-gripping tires at the best prices of the year. Buy three, get one free on all Yokohama tires in stock. Buy three, get one free on all Goodyear Assurance tires. Right now, save even more with additional rebates. For example, buy three Goodyear Comfort Tread Touring Tires and receive one free tire from Sullivan Tire. Get a mail-in rebate from Goodyear or a $160 mail-in rebate when purchased on a Goodyear credit card. October is an incredible month for tires savings at all Sullivan Tire locations. And if you find a lower price anywhere else, we'll match it. Remember, you can rely on our team of ASE certified technicians who will keep your vehicle running right in any kind of weather. With free tire mounting, free rotations with tire purchase, free local shuttle service, free Wi-Fi, easy online appointments, and a nationwide warranty. Don't miss giant tire savings throughout October. Make your appointment today at SullivanTire.com or call 877-592-TIRE and check out our newest location, Route 1 South in Saugus. Fast and reliable. That's City of Boston Credit Union. Hi, I'm Dan Pye. 
If you're in the market for a new or used car, you need to check out City of Boston Credit Union. With some of the most competitive rates around, they're sure to have a deal that meets your financial needs. Visit cityofbostoncu.com to apply now or call 617-635-4545 to speak with an experienced member of their loan team. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union family, I can tell you they have been loyal to their members in Boston for almost 100 years. With products and services for all your financial needs, check them out at cityofbostoncu.com or call 617-635-4545. Join me and become a member today. Membership open to anyone who lives or works in Suffolk or Norfolk County. With a variety of home mortgages, home improvement loans, and new government programs, they have the options you need. Check out their competitive loan rates at cityofbostoncu.com. You're listening to The Car Doctor. Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillac. Well, this car is sort of the all-new Detroit, is I think what their commercial talks about. The Chrysler 200's all-new for this year, completely redesigned from last year's model, and it sort of kind of needed it. The last one wasn't that great. This latest 200 is still a mid-size sedan with seating for up to five adults. Engine choices available are a 3.6-liter V6 that produces 295 horsepower or the standard 2.4-liter four-cylinder engine that produces 184 horsepower. This is, uh, there's one transmission choice available. It's a nine-speed automatic they can deliver powers to the f- power to the front wheels or to an optional all-wheel drive system. And I think Chrysler took the tact of going nine-speed transmission rather than CVT, constant variable transmission, that some other makers do. And, I, and in this case, I think it was probably the best move. Our test drive was in the V6-powered all-wheel drive sport version of the 200. Uh, it is um, it's a pretty interesting car, actually. On the road, the Chrysler 2 handle. 200 handles quite well. The steering's smooth and direct with better than average feedback and feel. The ride's slightly firm with reasonable handling. I would put it the 200 slightly behind some of the best handling midsize sedans such as the Ford Fusion or Mazda's Mazda 6, and maybe the ride's not quite as smooth as a Hyundai Sonata or a Toyota Camry, but I think it outhandles both of those cars. The powerful 295-horsepower V6 engine delivers great performance and feels very strong at any speed. It also had the steering wheel-mounted paddle shifters if you wanted to drive in an even sportier mode. The 9-speed transmission was very nicely suited to the performance of the V6 engine, giving a true sports sedan feel. The new transmission also helps with overall fuel economy with an EPA estimate of 18 in the city, 29 miles per gallon, during my test drive, which in this case was mostly city, I averaged about 24 miles uh, per gallon overall. Uh, not exactly outstanding mileage, but with nearly 300 horsepower on tap, I found the overall mileage quite respectable. Think about 300 horsepower for a minute. 300 horsepower was a number that not that many years ago was bordered on outrageous. And now we're seeing it in something as normal as a mid-sized car. Uh, the all-wheel drive system in our test car was somewhat unique in that it completely disconnects the rear wheels when not needed to maintain fuel economy. In other words, instead of having clutches slips, it actually completely shuts off the rear wheels. So 
I would call it more of a traction enhancement than an all-wheel drive system. Think of it more as a, almost a conventional four-wheel drive than an all-wheel drive system. Not like uh, something you might see in BMW and Audi, uh, but, but it seemed to work pretty well. I drove it in some pretty heavy rain, and it seemed to make the wheels stick to the ground. The cabin of the 200 was uh, quiet with little wind and road noise. The overall cab- cabin ergonomics had a comfortable feel, and they were easy to get used to. Our car had the optional heated seats and steering wheel, backup camera, large navigation screen, dual-zone climate control, and a humidity sensor to keep the cabin comfortable. So it detected humidity levels, and it kind of made adjustments based on that. I did like the dial-operated gear selector much better than some other shift selectors found in other Chrysler vehicles. Some of the some of the Chrysler, even though they kind of were going for a little bit of that retro style, they were awkward to use. The little uh, shifter that you clicked up and down just felt awkward. I kind of like the little rotary dial. It made it nice and easy. This model also had the factory installed remote start, optional uh, HID headlights with LED uh, daytime running lights. Other safety items included a full complement of airbags, including driver and passenger inflatable knee bolster airbags for additional safety in a crash. Where I did find a problem was with blind spots. The short windshield combined with the large rearview mirror blocked some of the forward vision. And the large side view mirrors, which I'm a fan of large side view mirrors, also blocked some of the side vision. Now... I thought it might have been me, but during the time with this car, my wife drove the car, and she found similar blind spots. There was plenty of storage throughout, uh, a uh, plenty of room, uh, comfortable, large trunk. A lot of good things to say about this car. The bottom line is the all-new Chrysler 200 is a good, solid car that I would place mid-pack with other good cars in this very competitive segment. So check it out if you want to if you want to find out more about it. Uh, this uh, program, like many, will be on our website, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic, and they'll all be there for your listening. If you want to listen to them and find out more information, and uh, you know, just uh, just uh, overall good experience with the car. Some things that could just be a little bit better. That's all. If you have a question about your car, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And if you were heading out to the last Cars and Coffee that was going to take place at Herb Chambers today, they knew the weather better than me because they canceled the, uh, they canceled the Cars and Coffee for today. It will instead take place next Saturday, October 18th, from 7 to 10 a.m. 10 a.m. at Lexus of Sharon. So if you're out for the last cars and coffee, uh, don't go today. Or and it's almost over anyway. But uh, th- so that's going to be taking place. I got a email from uh, the folks over there. And are you a Price Is Right fan? They're having Start Your Engines Week, Dream Car Week at Price is Right. Everyday contestants will compete for a chance to win luxury cars uh, over the course of a week. More than half a million dollars worth of cars is up for grab. Um, luxury vehicles will include the Porsche Cayenne, Range Rover Sport, Maserati Quattroporte, a Tesla Model S, and Aston Martin V8 Vantage Roadster will all be up for grabs on Price is Right. Another radio guy, his daughter was on Prices Right. She got a sailboat and some other stuff. 
Our buddy Rick called in and said, what do you do when your car or motorcycle is stuck on the road and you can't make it home? What do you do? Like during a storm. Oh, during a storm. I should have said that, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that would, that would help. Uh, the best thing you can do is if you are in a place of safety, so you know where you are, you're fairly safe, stay in the car. If the car still runs, uh, open up the windows a little bit, get some ventilation in the car, start the car periodically. Don't let it just run forever and ever and ever. It'll just run out of gas. Uh, make sure the f- emergency flashers are on. If you have flares or reflective triangles, put them out. Even motorcyclists should carry a reflective triangle with them just to be able to, if they're broken down somewhere, just to be able to alert other drivers on the road. And if you're in an area where you can see safety, so in other words, if you're broken down here at, uh, in, at Marina Bay and you know that there's a safe location at the end of the street and you can walk there safely, go there. But if you don't know where you are, stay in your car, keep your uh, seatbelt on just in case you should get hit. Uh, you want to make sure your seatbelt's on and uh, even maybe sit in the passenger side because in the passenger side, you're going to be, you're not going to have to worry about the steering wheel being in the way just in case someone hits you. But make sure you have your seatbelt on, your emergency flashers on and wait for help. The worst thing you want to do is say, well, you know, I'm broken down. It's a nice night. I'll just walk until I find safety. Because what always happens? The zombies come and get you. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So you don't want that to happen. You're going to knock on the farmhouse door where, you know, who knows what's going on in there. And you'll never you'll never make it back alive. So like the plot of a bad movie. Exactly. Exactly. So you don't want that sort of stuff to happen. I promised we would do trivia today, and uh, we are going to be giving away a bottle of 200-mile-an-hour wax and another little gift, our buddy Jay Davidson. And remember, if you want 200-mile-an-hour wax, uh, it's easy enough to find, but you can always call me, and I'll let you know how to get a hold of Jay at the same time. But you can... uh, We'll, we'll give you his contact information in just a bit. But uh, Jay Davidson has been kind enough to supply 200-mile-an-hour wax to this program for quite a while now. And uh, I gave it to, uh, I've given it away to a few people that I know who take a lot of pride in their car. They've been very happy with it. I've used it on my car. I've been happy with it. It's easy to apply, easy to take off. It's polish. It's, uh, you know, you want to make sure the car is in good shape, but it's a show polish. It's one. It's something that you should use when you really want to, uh, you know, make your car look as good as it can be. So it's a, it's a, it's a great product. And Jay isn't in the wax selling business. He, he's, uh, he has another completely different business, but he found this product through somebody. He liked it, so he decided to try to sell some of it on his own is just because he liked the product. It's uh 200-mile-an-hour wax does a good job. We're going to be giving it away. Back in the 70s or so, there was, uh, in the Chrysler muscle car era, there was a 340 duster. That was the, the high-performance sort of, they called them compact cars back then, but they were truly like mid-sized cars. What, there was another car made by Chrysler that shared the same body but it had a different name. It wasn't called the. It wasn't called the 340 Duster. What was it called? 
If you know the answer to that, you have to be a, you have to be someone who hasn't won anything in a little while. If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. And uh, so it wasn't the Chrysler, but it wasn't a Dodge. Wasn't it, it wasn't a Plymouth Duster, rather. What was it? You know the same body as the same body as the Duster, but it had a completely different name. If you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We're going to take a break, pay some bills, let Marita answer some phone calls, and who knows, maybe we'll even take more than one right answer. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. This is a Car Doctor program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. W-R-O-L Boston. Hi there, it's Kurt, your battery guy. And it's time to get your car ready for winter. Be sure part of the process is a check of your electrical system and your battery. That's right, a worn battery can be detected by a professional technician with the right equipment. Don't wait till it's too late. Have your car winterized and battery checked at one of our 500 authorized interstate battery dealers in the greater Boston area. Find us fast at interstatebatteries.com. And remember, always insist on outrageously dependable interstate batteries. Have you ever been disappointed in God or doubted his love for you? Tune in to Life at the Crossroads for a word of hope and love just for you. Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., WROL 950 a.m. Or come and join us at Crossroads Worship Center, 241 Broad Street, Weymouth, Sunday services at 9 and 11. We'll look for you there. God bless. Calling all North Shore businesses. Is your current advertising campaign stagnant and ineffective? Are you still doing the same old thing because you don't know where to get the best results for your hard-earned dollar? I can help. This is Penny Frangos, Advertising Executive on the North Shore for WROL Radio. I'm a lifelong North Shore native with a 20-year background in advertising. For about the same cost as an average newspaper campaign, you could reach the loyal and proactive listeners of WROL Radio. Our listeners go out of their way to support the advertisers they hear on our station, and our advertisers will attest to the success of their ads on WROL. Please contact me, Penny Frangos, at 978-491-9860 or email penny at salemradioboston.com. I would be thrilled to meet with you and discuss the different marketing options available for promoting your good business on WROL. Now, let's get back to the car doctor.
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. That song's actually done by somebody I work with. That's their band. Yes, yeah, so. Uh, but anyway, we had a trivia question out there. Our trivia question was, uh, there was a uh, car that was similar to the Plymouth Duster. It was the high-performance Duster, the Plymouth the Plymouth version was called the 340 Duster. They also had a lightweight version. They called it the Feather Duster. It really was. It was called the Feather Duster. Um, but it was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, an interesting. It was an interesting car as well. So if you, uh, you know, if you wanted, I guess the economy version because it was about that time frame, 71, 72, 73, where economy was starting to, starting to uh, come into play. Uh, but let's go over to, let's see, we lost somebody. Hmm. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. If you were trying to get through, we have a line that is now open. But let's go to line, I'm confused, one, I guess. Roy, is that you? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. What do you think? Uh, is it a Dodge Demon? A Dodge Demon is exactly right. You are correct. And I kind of forgot about the demon. I I happened to be uh, driving home the other day, and I went by the old um, Rainham Dog Track up on 138, and there was a great car show taking place up there on Thursday night. And there was a quite a good-looking Dodge Demon up there, including a variety of a bunch of other cars. And one of the, one of the cars that was actually really amazing was a, uh, a car that was done by a... a Come to find out, a guy that I know, Fred Morrison, who had this beautiful car up there. Uh, Morrison's Auto Right in Jamaica Plain, good shop, but he had this phenomenal looking car up there. But it was a great show. It was their last show of the season. They trade off with um, with over at uh, Bass Pro Shops, so they were doing every other Thursday. But I happened to stop by, and there was this Dodge Demon, and there was also a Dodge Charge uh, Challenger that was there. No, a Dodge Charger that was there, and it was a it was a vehicle that was pretty amazing. It was, I don't know how many miles were on it, but it was so original, it even had a 1970 inspection sticker on the windshield. It was crazy it was that original. But, Roy, I'll tell you what, we'll put you on hold, and we'll take down your name and address, and we'll send you out a bottle of 200-mile-an-hour uh, wax. Very good. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. And how about we go over to, we still got Kevin there? Kevin, did you hear the answer? Yeah, I did. I, I was down. Um, we did. Uh, now, you got to be honest with me. Did you know the answer? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's a Dodge Demon. All right. We'll, we'll, give, yeah. you a, we'll give you a bottle of wax, too. Dynamite. Hey, uh, you, you mentioned the feather dust. Did you recall another name that was used to derisively refer to those cars? Uh, no, I'm afraid. Remember, remember, we're on the radio. Oh, yeah. You can't say no, bad no. words. It's, it's all right. A guy in high school used to call them crop dust. Uh, well, yeah, that's not too bad, yeah. But that was that was a car, and that was one of the first cars that they ever cheated with the EPA. What happened was they um, they made that car so they took away some weight on the car so it would fall into the next weight category. So it was like it was like a fighter losing weight just before the fight, and then actually being in the next class. And it was the same thing with that car. They made it just about a pound lighter than it than the category it would normally be in. So it fell into the next lower class so it actually even though it didn't get any better gas mileage when they did the when they did the modeling back then it actually got rated for better fuel economy 
Yeah, well, you know, actually, I mean, it was a light enough car. You put a pretty potent two seventy five oh. horsepower three forty in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When you when you when you did that, but that isn't why they built it though. They built it. They built it to try to be a gas mileage car. And you're right. You that was a car that you pulled. You pulled the the six cylinder engine out, and you put in a good three forty or. Or, or even a, a even a reworked three eighteen, and then you had you had a pretty you had a pretty good car when you were done. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, I, I think that a lot of the Chrysler products these days are uh, sort of uh, neglected by collectors and stuff. But um, yeah, there was a Dodge Demon. I can almost remember the little logo they had. Yeah, it was yeah. a little it was a little devil's pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep. which yeah, when I was cool. when I was walking by the car I saw it and I went I went, Wow, this is I, I haven't seen one of these in a long time. I I have a trivia question all of a sudden. So I saved it and you're one of the winners. Uh Marita will put you back on hold, she'll get your uh, address down and we'll mail you out a bottle of two hundred mile an hour wax. How's that? Thank you, John. All right. show be Thank you. I appreciate that. Bye So you're thinking about buying a new Mustang? The two thousand fifteen Mustang? And you want to know a little bit, a little bit about it? What's different between the old one and the new one? Well, it's the same wheelbase. It's 107 inches. It's about the same length. It's actually two tenths of an inch shorter than last year's model. It is slightly wider though, by about an inch and a half. It is also slightly shorter by about an inch. The weight of the car is about 25 pounds heavier. The standard V6 engine is actually five horsepower more powerful in last year's model than this model. Same foot-pounds of torque, same fuel economy, and you're going to pay about $1,000 more for it. A V6 version of the 2015 Mustang has a base price of $24,425 versus the 2014 Mustang $23,335. And if you were going to compare that to a 2015 Camaro, if you're having the Camaro-Mustang argument, which people still do to this day, um, well, the Camaro's longer, heavier, by a couple hundred pounds. Its V6 engine makes about 20 more horsepower. It makes a little less torque. It gets almost the same fuel economy and costs a little bit more than the Mustang. But the 2015 Mustang arrives at dealerships next month, and we're hoping to be able to actually see it here a little bit earlier in uh, New England with the New England Motor Press Association. The first, This is the first Mustang with the turbocharged EcoBoost four-cylinder engine, and it will be the first with independent rear suspension across the lineup, and the first with modern state-of-the-art electronics that hasn't been used in the Mustang before. Ford has been uh, kind of talking about this 50th anniversary Mustang for well over a year, uh, even taking the car to the top of the Empire State Building in April to commemorate the first Mustang 1964 debut. Let's see, 64 to 2014. That sounds like 50 years to me. But, but apparently they're actually going with the 1964 and a half. is almost really like a 65, which is the 50th anniversary. And Bob Bosworth, the guy who uh, owns the Quincy Sun, thought he was... Well, he didn't think he was buying a 50th anniversary Mustang, but he bought a 2014 Mustang uh, thinking that, you know, he was turning 50 and he bought a 50-year-old car at the same time. And he technically did. 
Uh, can showroom sales measure up to the advanced building? The 21st century is a radically different from 1964, a time of boundless opposition when the Mustang uh, became an almost accidental symbol of affordable go-anywhere mobility. Put together on a shoestring budget, the original Mustang was built on a, the uh, Ford Falcon subcompact. The new car is built on its own dedicated rear-wheel drive platform, the last rear-wheel drive platform in Ford's North American lineup. The original Mustang was simple, sporty, uh, a mirror of its times in 2015, is the most sophisticated Mustang ever, loaded with creature comforts and technology, whether it's infotainment, collision avoidance, turbocharging airbags, or automatic climate control. The basics, it's lower, sleeker design, sets the new Mustang apart from the outgoing uh, car. It's an unfussy design. On the roads uh, around car-crazy Los Angeles, where Ford held a media drive, people recognized it immediately as the new Mustang. People thought it was beautiful. The aviation-inspired dashboard and instrument panel have a high-quality finished look that they say previous Mustangs have lacked. The radio features, and this goes back to what Joel Cooper was saying, the radio features large, knurled knobs. So, in other words, easy stuff to use. And it's easily the best Mustang interior ever. There are three engine options, a 2.3-liter EcoBoost four-cylinder, which I really think they should have changed that size. They should have made it bigger, should have made it smaller, but old people remember the 2.3-liter engine as the same engine that was in the Pinto. And they turbocharged that engine, and it was terrible. But it's a 2.3-liter EcoBoost four-cylinder, uh, base 3.7-liter V6 or 5-liter V8, each each actually cranks out 300 horsepower or more. So even the little four-cylinder engine cranks out 300 horsepower. The sticker for the Mustang EcoBoost 4 starts at 25.9, with uh, shipping for a model equipped with a six-speed manual about $1,500 more than the base V6. Equipped with an automatic transmission, the four-cylinder EcoBoost gets an EPA rating of 21. City 32 highway, 25 miles combined. Ford expects early adopters to go for the V8-powered GT which currently accounts for about 40% of the mix. But, you know, if they, if they do what, um, some, what Ford did and never really talked about it, Ford actually had a GT package available with the V6 engine in the last couple of years, but no one knew about it. They, it was one of those best-kept secrets. So you could get the better wheels and tires. You could get the dual exhaust. You could get all the things that make a Ford GT look like a Ford GT, but you could get it in a more economical six-cylinder engine, and you might say, well, who wants a six-cylinder performance car? Well, if it's 305 horsepower, it's more horsepower than some of the early five-liter Mustangs were. So it was actually it was actually a pretty well-thought-out package when they were putting it together. So just something to think about. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, we're going to talk about the new GM mid-size pickups and why you're not going to see them right away. And I'm still waiting to hear from James Bell. He's the uh, GM consumer guy to talk about these new pickup trucks. We'll be doing that uh, hopefully in the next couple weeks. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. I'm here in my car to make a point, and the point is, I don't want to get out of my car. See, I've got a flat tire or uh, engine trouble or something. 
Hear that? Yeah, I'm guessing it's a typhoon. It's New England nasty out there. Hey, you know what I mean. When you're out here, you really can't see where you're going. Oh, and have you seen the puny jacks that come with the cars these days? They don't look like they could lift my eyebrow, let alone my car. Dependable roadside assistance is why I'm a AAA member. 1-800-AAA-HELP. Here they come now. Friendly, knowledgeable people who know what they're doing, unlike, say, me. Hey, whether it's a cold winter's night or a bright, bright, sunshiny day, why take chances? Thanks. Again, AAA. Still not a member? Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or join online at aaa.com. AAA. Membership for life. This is Bobby and Tony Lee from Daily Disciples Ministries, and we're excited to invite you to our women's conference coming to Weymouth, Massachusetts. It's called The Power of Friendship on Saturday, November 1st at Crossroads Worship Center. The Power of Friendship Women's Conference is a life-changing event, a day of fun, inspiration, and encouragement. We're excited to be partnering with WROL 950 AM, offering a very special day designed just for you. Tickets are only $25, including lunch, but call today and get the Early Bird Special for only $20 per ticket. $20 per ticket, 800-992-0369. For more information and to register online, go to friendshipconference.com or call 800-992-0369. 800-992-0369. We'll, we'll see you there. Crossroads Worship Center. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Uh, well, you were thinking about buying a new Colorado or Canyon? Well, maybe not right away. The high-profile launch of uh, General Motors' new midsize pickup trucks hit a snag early this week as GM told dealers to halt deliveries because of a pending safety recall. Well, big surprise. GM's not rushing anything out if it's got a potential safety recall. The move coming just two weeks after shipments of the 2015 Colorado and GMC Canyons began... Uh, could be embarrassing to GM as it charges back into its segment with the main truck rivals abandoned. So, in other words, they got this whole segment sewn up—a mid-sized pickup truck. No one's got one. They got the only one, and uh, it's got a, and it's broken. So GM's new approach to potential defects in the wake of its uh, recall this year of 2.6 million vehicles. Don't sell them. It's cl- unclear how many Colorados and Canyons has, have been delivered, but they have an airbag issue. It's a software fix to take care of it. So um, it says here, separately, GM issued three recalls last week covering about 477,000 vehicles. Just recall one right after another. But if, you, uh, if you're thinking about one of those, and I think... I think GM, a great move on their part. The other big bit of news is um, Warren Buffett, the uh, billionaire, the oracle from Oregon or wherever he's from. Uh, Omaha. Omaha. Who? Where? Omaha. Oh, my. I know, I know. It's, uh, he, he bought a, a chain of car dealerships this week, which... Um, 
I was talking to Bill Griffith from the Boston Globe. Read his stuff in the Boston Globe, by the way. And he interviewed Herb Chambers. And I said, what did Herb think about this? And he said... He really liked it because, you know, other people think it puts dealerships in the crosshairs. Maybe Buffett's going to buy something else. But he likes the idea that as dealerships grow, especially somebody like Chambers who has dealerships and dealerships and dealerships, do you get too big that you can't sell out to somebody? Well, Buffett's got enough money to be able to make that happen. So it actually makes him feel in a more comfortable position should Herb ever decide he wants to get out of the business. He knows that truly some customers out there who can actually buy him out if he wants to and well maybe one customer but you never know maybe uh, Bill Gates I don't know or Paul Sullivan you never know Paul Sullivan's got plenty of money I, that's what I hear I, I have a brainstorm on, on the car industry you want to hear it sure All right. you know those really really small cars like the smart cars I don't know what to call them but oh. I have a name for them okay we'll call them half a half a cars half a cars yeah and you could have a half a car dealership H-A-F-F-A-C-A half a car what do you think? Not yet. All right. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't float that idea. I'm driving to, a half a today. Yeah, I wouldn't float that dealership to Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, if you sold it at half a price, maybe. <laughs> well, there there is a there's a former New York City cab driver mm-hmm. who apparently put himself through engineering school. Okay. And he's building a three wheeled car. I can't remember the name of it now, but he's building a three wheeled car. And he wants to sell it for about $7,000, I think. But it's supposed to get, you know, a billion miles per gallon. Okay. And it's, uh, and it's a two-seater. Two you sit, you sit, I think you don't sit side to side. You might sit front and back. Okay. Um, and it's, I tried to actually get him on the show. I got this uh, news release from his PR agency that said, uh, you know, they're going to start building down in Kentucky or Georgia or someplace. And... I got an email back that said, oh, he doesn't do Saturday interviews, which I thought was a little odd, but maybe he's still driving a cab. Maybe that's a good night, for, good day for him to drive well, a cab. He has to go to engineering so, school at yeah. some point. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah but, I, but it's just, I, I actually, somebody who's been on this program, the guy, uh, the guy who had the little jumpstart battery pack, he had a, um, he actually uh, put a deposit in on one, mm-hmm. so... Right. Whether they well, actually will truly exist or not, I'm not sure, but uh, I just kind of like the idea of it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mr. Sullivan, what's uh, hot for the Irish hit parade today? Well, it's Columbus Day weekend. Yes. So I'm going to play all the Columbus songs that I can find in the Irish catalog. Is there a lot of those? No. No? No. Yes. No. There aren't. There's got to be some. There's got to be so. one. So we'll go for sailing and excursions and um, explorers. Okay. Well, yeah, keywords. Well, that all makes sense. Uh, very good. I didn't think of that till just two that. seconds ago. And if you want, I forgot, I forgot to mention, if you want to buy 200 Mile an Hour Wax, we got to give uh, Jay Davidson some credit here. Uh, his business is uh, Day Distributors. They're located uh, in Braintree. You can give them a call at uh, 781-849-3293 or email Jay at cargabma, so C-A-R-G-A-B-M-A at AOL.com, and I'm sure he will be happy to... Uh, to uh, sell you some wax. And I might not have his address correct. I think he moved, but uh, if not, uh, give me, uh, send him an email, Cargab. Well, <laughs> I know. Cargabma uh, at AOL.com. That's how you can get a hold of him. And uh, I, I just pulled up his address, and I know he moved his business. Uh, so he. 
But anyway, you can still you can still shoot him an email and get a hold of him, buy some wax. But why do you have to buy it? We well, keep giving it away, right? And he obviously doesn't do interviews on Saturday anymore either, right? Uh, he, he he listens. He okay. listens on Saturdays. He does. Yeah. He every once in a while he's. He's sending me a little. You kind of give him a little poke to call, and he, he I, didn't. yeah, once in a while. But he's 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 shy that way. Okay. But but he also uh, he's he's a good guy, and he um, and he helps support the program and tells people about us. So I like. Well, I'll throw this out. Uh, if you gave his wrong address and he calls me, I'll put his right address on. There you go. Okay. That's 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 that's, that's a deal. Yeah. Oh, the uh, big festival in Dorchester is tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I hear. Be, right, and yeah. I hear uh, WROL is going to be there. Yeah, Seamus will be there. Uh, it's it's a great. Um, they just started last year. It's a great time for families, and the weather's supposed to be better tomorrow than it's than it is today. So, hopefully, well, it'll work out. A lot of great. Uh, Patrick McDonough, I think, is going to call and talk about it. So, that's how it sounds like all good stuff. So, yeah. except I'm leaving town, so I can't be there. Well. You're go, you're, you have a great reason. You're going to go visit your grandson. Whenever we get the chance, we do. Yeah, it. That's the way. Weekend, so. That's the way to do it. Hey, we got to get going. The best in Irish music with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Parade coming up next. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Until next week, wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.